Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are looking at facing your fears and getting the job done. Most people want more, but that yawning chasm of fear stops them leaving their comfort zone and really living the life of their dreams. Tune in, some great advice, all of which based on practical real life experience. I know you're gonna love the show. See you on the other side. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful companion, Mr. Mitch Olorenshaw. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. B. I think you're the one that's rather well-dressed this morning, as I know you usually say. Double cuffed up, ready Double for business, cuffed. mate. Nice Here we way. are, start of the year, and man, we're already getting into it. I know, mate. it's crazy. You're looking more tanned. Your hair's a bit blonder. You've obviously been out in the sun. Yeah, a bit of work on the farm. Hard work didn't kill anybody, and a bit of fresh air, and uh, that beautiful bar of sunshine. Yeah, to get my hands dirty. That's something I'm scared of. And speaking of being scared, <laughs> the topic of conversation today, AB, that I particularly want to dive into is how to overcome your fears and make money in the market. Sounds simple, really isn't though. It's a big one, isn't it? Conquering your fears. And uh, look, you could uh, put a whole mini series together on this, uh, that psychological barrier that we all want more, but making that commitment to just push off the ledge and make it happen, gee, that can be hard. And then it comes down to some really simple um, points, I think. Number one is actually knowing what you want, uh, because it's, it's very, very easy to be not committed to anything. Uh, whereas if you've got some specificity about what you're after, you can get that laser beam precision. It's a lot easier to focus on the target. Then you've got the risk or fears. What if I miss the target and all the self-doubt, which I'm sure we'll get into in this, but you've got to know what you want. I guess that's, uh, that's one of the things we covered in podcast number one, I believe, is the fact that any road will take you nowhere. That's right. In fact, not only episode one of series two, uh, but episode one of series one. one, so if you go back 56 podcasts ago and have a look at that, we talk very specifically about know what you want and not just what you want, but why you want it. So if, you, if you've got an inhibition, you, everyone wants more, more something, more vitality and fitness, more energy, more money, more time, whatever it might be. So I guess the purpose of our time together today is to work out what those fears are that stop people getting it. And the big one is they haven't done the preparation work to actually work out what it is they want and not just what they want, but why they want it. Okay, well let's start there. How do you know what you want? How do you figure out why you want it? Well, I've just spent uh, four different sessions coaching people for the start of this we year, have. setting yourself up uh, for you know, really getting clarity on that. Uh, and, and the reality is, sit down with a bit of paper. We're often so busy. You know, I heard this the other day about my kids. I've got four small kids, as everyone knows. And, and, and kids need to be allowed to be bored sometimes. If you constantly overstimulate your kids, um, and they don't get that time to be bored and to use their brain and to entertain themselves, there's a lot of correlation between that and being quite dissatisfied in life. And the same can be true for us as adults. We're so busy going from thing to thing, well, better check my phone, oh, there's a Facebook, there's an Instagram like, um, what was that, I got a text message from so-and-so, there's no focus. You know, there's never been more information available on just about every subject on the planet, but it's never been harder to be focused. And so allowing yourself to get bored, just like the kids where they don't have toys, they have a sheet of paper, they just start drawing and using their imagination is exactly the same thing for us as grown-ups or adults. And that is sit down with a sheet of paper, turn everything off, get offline, and I mean offline, and just download and get some focus on what's important to you. And it's going to be different for everybody, but get some importance as to what is your focus, what's important to you. And without that, you've got no chance. Absolutely. I heard a great quote once that said, if you want higher performance, start with higher purpose. It was a great book that someone lent me. Uh, and yes. it, it's inherently true because mm. if you don't know what you want, then you're never gonna go anywhere. Mm. And by virtue of being in that zone where you have no mental clarity whatsoever, mm. 
anything that you're going to try and do is going to seem daunting, right? Mm. And that's where that fear zone comes in Absolutely. to talk about. So chunk it down to bite-sized chunks. If this is the big super goal that you've got set for yourself, understand, and we've gone through this, and this isn't about rehashing um, you know, goal setting and all the rest of it, um, but the goal isn't about the goal itself. It's the personal, the skill set that you need to build to be someone that's worthy or able to accomplish that. So have some clarity on what you want, and then work out why you want it. You know, and this is hugely important. And you know, and I've been through this several times. And my father's a great sounding board for this. I remember there's one particular time, and for whatever reason, I mean, I had a pretty tough upbringing when I was a kid. Big James Bond fan, like we probably all were, uh, and I always wanted to have an Aston Martin. You know, it's just beautiful, and in, in, in all the Bond movies and all the rest. Of it. I ended up getting one, and uh, and I remember driving down the street with my dad, and, and he said, "I've got to ask you a question, Andrew." He said, "What's that?" And he said, "Why did you get this?" Why did you get it? And I hadn't really thought about it. And uh, and it was and he, and I, he said, I'll make it easy. Did you buy it for you or how people treat you and how it's going to make you feel? Uh, he said, because from a practical point of view, it's not overly practical. Not, it wasn't over. <laughs> and a few other melodies with that particular vehicle too, a great car. But it, you know, when you compare it to, you know, say, for example, you know, Mercedes or a BMW, which is infinitely more reliable and so on and so forth. You know, so why did you get this? And it prompted me to think if, you, if, if your reason why is quite weak, which for that particular thing, it's something I always wanted, but I couldn't pinpoint the why. I couldn't go, I want it because of this, this is my reason. All of a sudden, it's really easy to start living in your head and start to get some doubt. And I could see my dad's not an educated person. I mean, he had a tough life. He left school at seven, had to start working at seven years old, no more school, right? He had a really tough life, but he's a really wise guy. And, and, And sometimes he throws me a curly one that knocks me off my perch and keeps my feet on the ground, which I, yeah, is one of the brilliant relationships that we have, and that's why I love him so much. But it keeps me in check, and it's just like, so why? I was like, well, you know, it's great. And he said, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful car. You know, loves it. You know, it's, it's fantastic. It's and it's, yeah, it's a few other perks that came with it. Absolutely, it's bachelor times. So yeah, it certainly didn't hurt there. But you know, he said, but but why? You know, did you get it because you can't put anything in the boot? It's not really practical. He says, it's not necessarily as reliable as the other cars that you've got. So why this? And he started to think about it and go, yeah, actually, you probably got a point. I didn't have that car that long, um, and I flicked it for, for something else. Probably didn't have a reason why there other than board. Um, but you know, that's always stuck with me. So you've got to have some really solid reasoning, and it can't be somebody else's reason why. It's got to be yours to be true to you. Sure. Because in this breakout out of, your, out of your comfort zone, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment, to actually getting something done, you have to get through the fear zone. The fear of being wrong, fear of being laughed at, feeling about being silly in yourself and unfulfilled and that self-doubt and all the other baggage that we bring along. And if you've got a strong enough reason why you want something, it will pull you through all of those dark conversations and get you through to the other side. But if you haven't done the homework, worked out what you want, but more importantly, why you want it, those fears will cut you down more than anything. You know, I want to be rich. Why? Sure. What does me actually get, get before that? What exactly does being rich mean? Let's be very specific on this. What is it? Is it a million dollars, $10 million, $50 million, $100 million? Is it passive income? Is it active income? All of those things, What you've got to be able to define it down. And then once you've defined what that statement of what you want is, so why is that important to you? I don't know, it sounded pretty cool. My mates are all like that. You know, I'll feel better in myself because I've got low self-esteem, but at least if I rock up in a Bentley or whatever it might be, I'll feel better about it. Will you feel better about it? Or will it be how other people look at you that makes you feel better? And understanding all of that stuff, because if you haven't laid that groundwork, that trench that you're gonna have to jump over from going, I've got a broking account and I wanna start investing to actually going click and hitting the go button will be the most insurmountable ocean that you've gotta try and get across because you don't have fuel in the tank. 
Wow. That was a pretty good talk, wasn't That's it? That's a very big, powerful speech. Very profound. I couldn't agree, though, because it's that intrinsic motivation that will pull you out of any uncomfortable situation. Mm. You know what they say, no enemy within, mm. the enemy on the outside can do you no harm. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about now from going the comfort zone to the fear zone, which mm. is nowhere learning and personal development mm. comes from in your experience. Look, the getting out of that comfort zone is something that's very, very hard to do because let's face it, you know, Australia, we've been, you know, for the last 30 years, have been in a period of economic certainty where everyone's had a job if they want one, they've had the stuff they want, it's safe, it's clean, blah, blah, blah. Um, so for something to shift out of that, it's got to be something material, you know, and in the past, if you've had absolute job security, good pay rises, your property's going home a value and life's treating you quite well, you know, having a second stream or third stream of income would be nice, but it's not a must. Sure. And again, you go back to that goal and why it's important. Is it something you'd like to have or is it a must have? And so in the same instance, you've got to have a must to want to get out of that comfort zone. You must, it's not a luxury to have a second stream of income. It is a must in an environment where there's no job security. A non-negotiable type thing. And, 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 and treacherous economic conditions which can change very, very quickly, be it trade war, be it virus related, and just about anything else in between. So that must needs to be quite resolute, which then leads you to that fear zone, which is the internal dialogue. Well, I guess we're, we're, we're supposed to be, I guess we've got warmed up now. Yeah. It's the start of the year, we're just getting back into this. Back into it. Um, yeah, this, 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 this whole fear zone, what are you frightened of? And everyone has a fear, and, and, and sometimes it's an internal one and sometimes an external one. And uh, some of the coaching work I've done over the years with, with people, you know, I remember one guy, Greg, lovely guy, um, you know, well into his late 40s, early 50s, been quite successful in his business, but had a real chip on his shoulder. And for him, it was this, it went back to when he was at school and he was actually dyslexic. And you go back to dyslexia in the sort of 60s and 70s, it was, uh, you aren't dyslexic, you're dumb. And we all know yeah. since that's not the case, it's dyslexia, that's sure. all. And so you know, for him, that prospect of being laughed at for not being right was this incredible motivation to prove a point. So he's taken a negative, used that as massive leverage on himself. No one will ever laugh at me again. I'm smarter than that. And, and, but he had to overcome that fear sure. of being laughed at. I don't want to be laughed at. So he had to extend himself well out of his comfort zone to take on a new business of trading where it could have gone wrong and he would have had that sense of failure coming home to roost and people laughing at him again. That's just an example of some of the baggage that everyone brings to the table. Yeah. So you're using fear almost to fuel the fire as such, even though you're running away from it, you're, not, you're stepping into the space as such and actually owning it and therefore getting an outcome, right? It, it, it's exactly right. You've got to step in the gap. And I mean, look, I had a very different upbringing to you. And, like, and if you got into a fight, you don't stand off, you step into the gap. You don't move away from it because you're not frightened. I'm in that gap and fear is the same. And if you let it create a chasm there, It'll fill up with your own self-doubt. You've got to step in and keep moving forward. But you've got to be smart in what you do, don't you? Something stupid. And that's why being educated is so, so important to know what your next move needs to be. But you know, that, that whole notion of people will laugh at me if I'm wrong. So get past that. Don't tell people what you're doing. Don't put that extra layer of pressure on yourself yet. There'll be time as I coach you where we'll go to that particular bag of tricks and put that leverage on you when it's the right time. But if you're starting the journey, you don't need that external pressure. If you're on the journey and you're getting complacent, that's where we'll whack that pressure on. But right now, starting out, don't tell people what you're up to. Set a commitment internally that you're going to do it. Talk to your partner by all means, but don't tell everyone in the world, I'm going to trade the stock market. You're putting pressure on yourself. Sure. So keep it between you and you and us if we're coaching you. Secondly, you know, is understand that you are going to make mistakes. But the only mistake you make is something you don't learn from. 
And that practicality of experience, you're going to get into investments and they're not always going to work. And it's not a loss if you learn from it. And I know that sounds like a cliche to say, oh, we don't make losses, we just have these learning experiences, which is one way of putting it. But every time you make a mistake or every time you have a loss, provided you take something out of that, that's something that you can translate into better actions going forward, all the time you're getting towards your goal. And you're either 100% committed to achieving your goal or you're 100% not committed. It is as black and white as that. And a lot of people will struggle. They go, oh, yeah, I've got goals and I'm pretty committed. It's, if you're pretty committed, you're doomed to failure. You're either in or you're not. So you've got to you know, be very, very careful in the way that you structure this. So if you've had a mistake or, or a loss or something that's come along, ordinarily for most people, if they're quite fragile and they haven't done the work that we've talked of today, when it comes to that particular um, mistake, that'll be the thing that fries them. They go, oh, I knew it was going to be too hard. It was never going to work for me. I'll just get back in my comfort zone over here before anyone finds out and laughs at me. Or you can go, oh, gee, that was a really dumb thing to do. I won't do that again. Trading journal, this is the thing not to do. Da, 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 da. Next time I do it, I won't make that mistake again. It's the same event, totally different meaning, and over the long term, massively different outcome. Sitting on the couch, sucking your thumb, or getting on with life and achieving what you want out of it. And that's as divisive as it is. You can have it, or you can have not. You can't be in the middle. Well, there you go. Another nice bold statement, Amy. You're mm. on fire today. Oh. <laughs> you G'd up. Keep it going. <laughs> sure. Well, look, just to, to get more trading specific to money and investing show, as we know, mm. what kind of fears are there particularly in the stock market to uniquely as such? Mm. Obviously, the fear of losing money is a big one. Loss aversion. Uh, loss aversion. So you would have covered this in some depth at uni, right? That finance degree, yeah. So explain to us a little bit more in, in, the, in, the, in, in the terms of what loss aversion well, is. Loss aversion is losses loom larger than wins, essentially. It's that principle mm. where if you had the choice of either, ma- either making 10 bucks or losing four, avoiding mm. losing four, excuse me, most people psychologically are going to want to avoid losing four rather than making, making gotcha. 10. That's just how we're wired. That's right. That can play a massive impact when you're trading. 100%, you know, and, 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 and great definition too. You know, anything that's a certainty, people will take at the expense of the, the, the punt. So you might make 10, or you can avoid losing four. I'll avoid losing the four, that's a certainty. What would you do? I'd go for the 10 every I'd time. go for the 10. <laughs> and I hate risk, but there's also a level of schooling and knowledge that we've got behind that. So let's look at that in a different way. You know, if you think about picking fruit on a tree, um, you, you can't pick any fruit if you're hugging the trunk. You've got to get out on the limbs of the tree. That's where the apples are. And look, there's a risk that you could fall out of the tree and hurt yourself. So learn what you're doing so that you don't fall out of the tree. But should you fall out of the tree, learn even more about things like risk management in the stock market so that there's a safety net. If all things go wrong, there's something to catch you. You're not going to hit the rocks and get smashed to pieces. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest fear, I think, is, is, is that unknown and, and the prospect that that unknown is bigger than it really is. You're not going to lose all of your money buying shares. There might be a pullback in the market, but they're not going to drop to zero. So that I could lose all my money. That cannot and won't happen. You might lose a percentage of it. So then what can we do to make that percentage smaller and smaller through some skill and some training and some smart strategy to get it to the point where that risk is slim enough where you can feel comfortable to it? All of a sudden, it's the same market. And that fear that there's risk there is still there. Of course, there's risk. There's no such thing as a risk-free investment. So there's a risk there, but we've done by being more educated and removing some of the um, 
ideas of what risk might be versus the reality of it, no, you're not going to lose all your money. Secondly, you can put in play measures to keep it really limited, or better yet, you can put a safety net in through some of the schooling that we do to guarantee a level of loss that's a palatable level for you. Sure. All of a sudden, that big monster that's in the wardrobe at night that's banging on the door is not a toy. It's a little mouse crawling behind the floorboards, right? <laughs> but it, you know, and, and, and that's how you've got to do You've got to scale that risk down. Yeah, it makes but, sense. But that fear of the unknown, you know, it's like anything in life. People, the anticipation of something is always worse than what it is. And if you've never invested, the anticipation that it's risky is infinitely worse than what the reality is, where risk can actually be boxed in and contained. <laughs> you know, and that's what we specialize in. Absolutely. It's, it's a great, great example and great advice there. And if we fast forward that now to when someone maybe has had a loss, one of the big things that we come across is what we call representative bias. So mm. taking you, for example, I know you've said to me, you've still got some scars on your back from trading Rio. <laughs> yes. You know, Say you traded Rio five years ago, you lost some money. Mm. You know, that's okay. You lost, you learned from it. Mm. If you're trading it today, does that mean you're going to lose exactly like you did five years ago? Mm. Absolutely not. But people draw the connection, I lost then, I must go, I must going to be lose, I'm going to lose this time. In reality, those events have no real connection, yet that bias can carry forward. It's a horrible one. Gee, you've done really well. You did learn a bit, didn't you? I did learn a bit at uni. <laughs> and it's so true. And, and, and look, you know, I'm a seasoned pro. I've been doing this. This is my 30th year in markets. Long time. And so for someone that's just about to start and they're talking about fears, listening to someone that's a 30 year veteran, they're very real challenges. I had exactly that last year. I traded Newcrest last year and I haven't traded Newcrest for about 15 years. And I can promise you <laughs> it'll be another 15 years till I trade it because whatever it is about that stock, it doesn't suit me. And, and, and I've had a couple of times now where I've taken bark off with it. And rather than, I'm not in this to try and face my fear and conquer it, I just want to be making money for the clients and myself along the way. So I'll park that off to the side and whatever the issue is with Newcrest, it's got no business being in my trading account, it won't be and it's a concern I don't need to worry about. I'm not going to spend my time trying to work out and, and conquer it put it to the side, focus on what I'm gonna make money on. And sometimes that's the sort of thing you've gotta do is just cut that umbilical cord from the problem and let it go. But they are very real fears that you bring to the table. To play devil's advocate mm. on that, let's say you lost money on Newcrest last year and then it comes across your trading screen, lines up beautifully in terms of the technicals, the fundamentals, everything looks like a mint trade, you should be taking it, right? Because ultimately right now in the time it meets your criteria. Yeah, I'll probably go in the bathroom, take my shirt off and have a look at the scars <laughs> on my back first of all. So I guess the point I'm making is that we're all human. And it doesn't matter how conditioned you are to this, these are very genuine fears and we're talking about ways of playing them down. But even after 30 years in this space, it's still a battle to deal with that. Sure. So what do you do? The best thing you can do is put some air between you and that particular challenge and just flick off stocks. Uh, if it came across my screen, I probably wouldn't trade it. <laughs> you and me both, similar experience. So you know, you just gotta put some air in there and get it away from you and focus on something that you're more comfortable with, that you can get on with, because you know, this isn't about proving a point, this is about moving the needle on the account, that's all. And if there are easier places to do it where you feel comfortable, then that's that's what to do. Sure. So your know, past experience certainly can be. Yeah, you know, and we talk to clients all the time that um, have come through where they've lost money in the GFC. Oh man, that GFC, but you, you say, listen, that was 12, 13 years ago. And you know, you've got to create a new ending to an old story. You've recovered from that. Um, your account's back to, well, it should be well up, but let's say it's recovered from that. It's time to return to it, but learn from what went wrong. And the big issue why anyone that lost money in the GFC lost money for one reason, they had no risk management. They're probably with an old school stockbroker on Collins Street or somewhere else. Don't worry about stocks, markets always recover. Don't buy puts, we don't do derivatives. Why? Well, do you know something? 
less than 5% of advisors, stockbrokers and advisors in Australia are ASX level one and two accredited derivatives advisors. Wow. They don't know enough about options and they push people away from it. Now, that's probably why they didn't do that. So you just say to someone that's been through that, listen, the reason you lost money in the GFC, not necessarily any fault of your own, it was your advisor that was just on his 2% annual management fee, they don't care whether you win, lose or draw, and they didn't advise you properly. Had you have done this and had you have done that, using a signal screener, for example, you would have been in a very, very different position. You've got a safety net under the branch, let's take a little walk out. In fact, let's walk out there together and I'll show you how to pick the apples. And rehabbing people like that is quite tricky because let's face it, as we get older, there's less time to make that money back. And so that real fear of what if that happens again and I lose my dough, that is why you must get educated. Just because you believe it and just because it's happened to you doesn't mean it's right. That's a big statement. That's true. Mm. You're absolutely right. That's great advice, AB. Thanks mm. for sharing that. Now poses the question, how do you overcome your fears? But more importantly, how do you make money doing that? To finish off the broadcast, as our final I, word here. I think it's important to under, actually understand and be able to articulate, just in the same way that we've talked about what your goal is and your reason why, is to be able to articulate what your fear actually is. Um, yeah, what actually is it? Oh, I'm worried about losing money. Why? Because we all want more of it. Yeah, so, but why is your fear of losing the money? Is it because you've had to work so hard for that and you've got this scarcity mindset that you've got to hold on? You've got to let money grow. You can't hold it like that and hope it grows. Um, yeah, so is, is it because you've got that scarcity mindset? Is it because other people are in your ear that have had bad experiences and they're projecting their bad experience on you? Okay, oh, don't date redheads, they're all bad tempered. <laughs> It's not true, just no. because someone's had that experience. And that's the sort of locker room conversation that guys have, doesn't mean it's true. Oh, don't get in the stock market, I took bark off in oh, 2007, that GFC, it crippled me. You know, just because that's someone's experience doesn't make it right. So you've got to identify what your fear is and you've got to block out the good opinion of other people. Listen to people that are in that space that are experts, that have got wisdom, that are impartial, but filter out the noise and negativity of someone that had a bad experience because they didn't take the time to learn how to do it properly or had a bad advisor at the time or, or just was a punter. And we know someone like that, I'll just throw 20 grand at it and we see what happens. That is. And guess what's gonna happen? You've gotta take it seriously. So you have gotta be able to articulate and identify um, what your fears actually are and why they're your fears. You know, fear of losing money is a huge one for people, but that comes from a lack of education. If you can realize how to manage risk, that risk of losing money goes from if it's a 10 out of 10 for you, can we knock that back to a one out of, or two out of 10 in terms of sure. what the reality is of that? Oh, people will laugh at me if I get it wrong. Okay, don't tell anyone what you're doing. That's now zero to one. for you. Yep. Number three, I don't think I'm going to have time. Well, let's say if you didn't work out how to do this and you're able to move the needle, you're going to have a six-month life expectancy. I bet you can find the time to make it happen. Cancel your Netflix subscription, put in some serious time, and get it happening. Manage your time more effectively. It's a big one for people. Another one in terms of, of fears, I just don't know where to start. And there's this morass of unknown universe. You know, we don't even know what road to get on. We're just here and we don't know where to go. Get educated because the best investment you'll ever make is in yourself. And as soon as you start to peel that onion and realize that there's, there's, there's a structure and there's a process to delivering success in this space, and it most certainly is not by accident, the more confident you're gonna feel that when you start, you're gonna be starting on the right line. The worst thing you can do is start on the wrong line. I always said, whatever it takes, just get started and we'll work it out. But you know something? 
having had a bit of time to think about that, I reckon you're better off just getting started right the first time so you don't have any of those bad habits, bad memories, bad scars on your back to deal with. Just get it right first time. Learn from people that have been there and get on the right path at the start and that'll take you where you need to go. So there's four fears. There's plenty more in there as well. You know, I'm fearful of, you know, I don't have an education. You don't need an education. Some of my best clients over the years are people that have had no formal education. As a matter of fact, the more educated people are sometimes, the more they think they know everything about everything. You might have a PhD, but it doesn't make you a good trader. I'm sorry, there's no correlation between the two. You're still starting at ground zero, the same as somebody that's dyslexic or has no formal qualifications. You're all starting in the same place. So you know, if you don't have a formal education, that's not a bad habit. No experience, that's an even better one because there's no muscle memory to bring to the table. Um, you know, um, we've always been bad with money. Well, do you want that to be the story that your kids say to theirs? Oh, our family, we've always been bad with money. Or are you going to be the person that mans up or woman's up and straps it on and gets it done and says, this is our defining point as a family. We are going to change this and create a new ending to this old story. Um, you know, we're not from this country or we're not from um, you know, a particular part of town. So we're at a disadvantage. The stock market doesn't discriminate on age, gender, color, education, language doesn't discriminate on anything. It just discriminates against people that fail to educate themselves and those that step up and do the smart thing. God, I'm ready to step in the ring. That was motivational. <laughs> Thanks very much, AB. Look, we've certainly covered a lot of ground in today, mm. a lot of fears that people experience, why they experience it, mm. and then ultimately how to get what you want. And ultimately, as we said, you want to be rich, you want to be right. And in this case, we want to be rich. So thanks very much for sharing. Absolute pleasure. Work out, what do you want? Why do you want it? Set up a game plan. You're either 100% committed to it or you're not committed at all. Simple as that. Let us help you. We've done it with tens of thousands of people now all around the world. Every year we've been doing this for the last you know, 28, 20 years. We've been educating people now and it's never been an easier time and a better time to start. Grab it with both hands and turn this year into the year that you truly deserve. You want to know more about goal setting? Find out about that in podcast one of season two or podcast one of season, season one. one. And you're going to see the things are much the same. It's a process. Follow it. You'll get the outcome. And that's what we're here to do. So hopefully this provides some, some meat on the bone and helps people get what they want and understand why they want it. Great call. Thanks very much, AB. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, Mitch. Appreciate it. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll see you next week.